reliable transportation and cost of transportation becomes a barrier to, uh, to education. And internet is a great avenue to connect to courses online. This is another bonus episode in our special Community Broadband Bits podcast series, Why NC Broadband Matters. I'm Lisa Gonzalez with the Institute for Local Self-Reliance in Minneapolis, Minnesota. NC Broadband Matters is a North Carolina nonprofit. Their mission is to attract, support, and champion the universal availability of affordable, reliable, high-capacity Internet access, which is necessary for thriving local communities, including local businesses and a local workforce, so each can compete in the global economy. The group has created the North Carolina chapter of CLIC, the Coalition for Local Internet Choice. We're working with NC Broadband Matters to produce this series, which focuses on issues affecting people in North Carolina, and those issues also impact people in other regions. While Christopher was in North Carolina for the ReConnect Forum, which was organized by the Institute for Emerging Issues at North Carolina State University, he had the chance to interview Dr. Jeff Cox and Zach Barraclow from Wilkes Community College. In this interview, they discuss how community college and distance learning are playing a key role in improving economic mobility in the state, especially in rural areas. We want to thank organizers of the forum at the Institute for Emerging Issues for setting up an event that offered a great chance for advocates, experts, and scholars to connect. Now here's Christopher with Dr. Jeff Cox and Zach Barraclow. Welcome to another episode of the Community Broadband Bits podcast. I'm Chris Mitchell with the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. Today I'm coming to you from NC State, North Carolina State, where the Institute for Emerging Issues is having a, a wonderful day-long program um, called Reconnect to Technological Opportunity. And this is one of a, of a series of shows we're doing right now. I'm very excited to be talking with Dr. Jeff Cox, the president for Wilkes Community College in Northwestern North Carolina. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Christopher. Glad to be here with you. We also have Zach Barraclow, the Vice President of Strategy, also at Wilkes Community College. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. So our audience, if they're longtime listeners, has heard multiple interviews with Eric Kramer, Greg Coltrane, folks that are uh, from Wilkes Telephone Cooperative, which has uh, done a, a great job of connecting that part of the country. We haven't actually spoken to anyone from Skyline. So uh, let's just make a, a quick note that, um, that your region is very well connected um, by these two providers. And uh, Wilkes uh, has, uh, has a historic telephone cooperative that has expanded with a company called River Street, and people can dig in the archives to learn more about that. But if you don't mind, tell me just briefly about Skyline, just so people have a sense of it. It will. Let me start with Wilkes Community College. Our service area is Wilkes, Ash, and Allegheny counties. So, uh, so Wilkes uh, Communications covers the Wilkes County part of our service area, as well as other areas. And Skyline, SkyBest actually covers uh, most of Ash and Allegheny counties, uh, as well as other areas, uh, other counties. But those are the two in our service area that they cover. And now I think what we'll be talking about today is how this dramatic, I mean, just <laughs> it's hard to overstate the amount of coverage and access you have for a rural part of, of any state in the United States. And so we'll be talking about how that really has changed the way you do your mission, right? Right. Well, we we think it's a uh, it's of crit critical com importance for our area. We we look at the map of the state and see uh, how very well covered uh, northwestern North Carolina is. All three counties, really, Wilkes, Ash, and Allegheny, uh, very rural areas that people would not imagine have uh, strong broadband, but but we do. And so that's really part of our being here to, today and being part of this emerging issues forum is um you know how do how do we leverage that broadband 
to improve the economic mobility for the people in our service area. That's really the, the mission of the community college and the work we've been doing for the last year and a half on a new strategic plan is, you know, how can the college best uh, play a role in helping uh, kind of improve the economic mobility of the people uh, who we serve? And we think this broadband connectivity uh, is a huge, huge part of that. So, Zach, let me ask you, uh, what, what does that look like when you operationalize that? What sort of things are you doing to, to, to bring that economic benefit to the community now that you have this connectivity? So th- there's a couple of angles we're taking um, to, uh, to approach this. One is entrepreneurship. So entrepreneurs are, by nature, folks that are inclined towards taking advantage of opportunity. We have historically a very entrepreneurial region, and, and the community college is, is the, the, the proud home of the Small Business Center, which is a, a catalyst and a, and a source of counseling and training for uh, small businesses and entrepreneurs in the region. And so right now we're working on a, a new platform and a new program called Startup Northwest NC. That'll cover our three counties, Ash, Wilkes, Allegheny. And it is an aggregation of resources and community and counseling and mentoring for entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs in that region. Um, so that's that's one uh, first step that, uh, that we're uh, launching on March 10th, actually, of this year. Um, and that is uh, partially about equipping folks with uh, tools, uh, whether it's training or, or, or uh, access to capital or other things. Um, it's, it's connecting them with one another. Also, it's telling the story of our region. So we were featuring about 12, 13 entrepreneurs from that three-county area, and all of them, from agriculture to product development to professional services, leverage the Internet in the process of promoting and, and expanding and, and kind of managing their business. Um, so that's one of our first steps is really focused on the, the entrepreneurs. But in our day and age, with such an increase in the freelance economy, that's the other piece that we're looking really closely at is how do we identify the folks who have already found our region? Because we do enjoy a great connectivity, folks that have found our region and are doing just fascinating work Mm -hmm. as software engineers and consultants. And we have university professors and we have data analysts. We have instructional designers. We have folks that are in all of these kind of niche uh, professional services industries and that have found us, uh, we want to do a better job as a region of telling our story and finding them proactively. Um, so that's a, that's another piece of it is kind of cataloging those those stories and, and getting that out there. And then uh, for those individuals and, and the population in that three-county area that maybe doesn't have the skill or the awareness of opportunity available to them. Uh, as a community college, we, we serve the educational needs of virtually everybody uh, across the continuum of age and ability and interest in that three-county area. And so we want to be uh, innovative and, and look ahead and, and assess where folks are at, where the opportunity is at, and how we can get them uh, connected with it and equipped for it. Now, I'm curious, Dr. Dr. Cox, um, are you also recruiting people? Did I understand that correctly, that, that um, you're in a position in which you're looking outside of that three-county area to, to give people a sense of the opportunities that are available within your region? No, you're absolutely right. I, I think this, this opportunity for us here, here with the Institute for Emerging Issues, it's going to give us the opportunity to showcase uh, how you can have a great career and live in one of the most beautiful places in the world. We say, 
say we live in God's country up there in the northwest part of the state, and it, and it is. It's just really, really a beautiful part of the world. But historically, we we've uh, I was born and raised there in that region in Allegheny County, and um, and and happy to be able to move back and and live in that region. A lot of our young people, though, historically have felt like to pursue economic opportunity, they had to leave and go and go to the uh, Charlottes and the Raleigh and other places. So the uh, this broadband connectivity is a real leveler in, in that uh, you don't have to necessarily live in Charlotte to work for a big company in Charlotte. You don't have to live down here in the uh, RTP uh, to work for a company that's based here. So yes, we're putting out the message, uh, Northwest NC is telework ready. And uh, we're, we're trying to recruit businesses to, to consider being part of the solution to this rural-urban divide that we have. Uh, we believe strongly that uh, if only four or five major urban centers in North Carolina are prospering and rural North Carolina is dying, that's not sustainable for our state. So we think this broadband connectivity can be part of the solution if we can get some companies uh, bold, bold enough to really set up their policies to allow for more telework. If you've got a job that can be done remotely, uh, we think you ought to be uh, helping to let your workers go to the more rural parts of the state. We're convinced that a lot of the people who live in the, in these in Raleigh and Charlotte and battle that traffic every day would much rather be doing that work at the serenity of our beautiful Northwest North Carolina. We just want to encourage folks to take that opportunity if it's if it's their choice already, and for companies to consider policies that would allow for that, and that alleviates some overcrowding in our in our cities that are just exploding with population too. We think it's a win-win. Well, let me ask you a, sort of a, a devil's advocate question, which is to say, aside from the, the population pressures, why, why, why doesn't it make sense to just say, let's just focus on having really high quality broadband and opportunity in our cities? That's where most of the people are. Why don't we just let people who want to live in a more rural area decide to do that on their own? And so what if the population crashes in rural counties? Why is that a problem for, for the United States of America or for North Carolina? Well, I think, you know, the our cities are all already uh, straining from being overpopulated. You look at the average commute time and the amount of stress and pressure people feel just trying to uh, make make that journey into the city and then and then look at r- the rest of the country, the rest of our state, uh, the vast majority uh, is rural. So if we continue down a path where more and more folks are migrating toward the cities and fewer and fewer people are living in the remote, more rural parts of our state and our country, it's just not sustainable over time. We, we have to have folks who are living out in the rural areas, and a lot of folks would prefer that. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, some, some folks, you know, obviously would prefer to live in the cities, and we have some of that with uh, young people. They, they feel like they need to get away from uh, where they grew up, but many of them want to come back home. Yeah, often when they have children. <laughs> yes, often when they are ready to have a family, then they, that's one of the real calling cards for our area. We have great public schools. It's a low crime rate. It's, it's a great place to raise a family. Uh, but the challenge has been the economic opportunity. You had to make, you have all too often folks have had to make a decision. Do I want to make more money or do I want to live where I really want to live, where I have the, my family ties and roots and this connection to this, be- to, you know, the beautiful uh, area up there where we live. So the fact that now we've got this broadband connectivity and so much more work can be done remotely, it, it's changed what's been a disadvantage to our area, being being rural and, and, a, and a little bit uh, removed from the major interstates. 
it makes it tough to compete when you're talking about manufacturing and, and jobs where you're going to be hauling a product up and down our mountains. But now with the broadband connectivity, that, that kind of flips it, flips it on its head, and we actually have an advantage uh, there. So we've got the connectivity in very rural parts of our of our communities, and, and there's nothing that would prohibit anyone from being able to access that and take advantage of it economically. Wonderful. Let me ask Zach, and then I'll, I want to come back to you, um, Jeff, to to see if um, if you want to add anything to this. But uh, I'm curious: Does your community college offer courses in a different way, or do people participate differently because the region has such good connectivity? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of community colleges who would love to have that, and and maybe they don't have a sense of what it would be like once they do. But has it changed the way you do business? Yeah, it's constantly evolving. Just just as post secondary uh, is is evolving across the across the nation in every context. But for for us, um, there has been this recognition that we we have access to internet. So that, so then the next question becomes, you know, are we do we have enough? Well, I'll say this before even getting into internet connectivity. One of the barriers to education, to post-secondary education for our citizens is transportation. We, we live in a rural community and, and uh, transportation barriers are very real for, uh, for our population. For people who don't own their own vehicles, I'm, I'm guessing. For, for people who own their own vehicles and people who don't, um, but just unreliable vehicles. Mm-hmm. And, and we, we do have a high level of poverty in that region. And, and even those that are not in poverty uh, per se, by, by definition, are, uh, uh, there's a good portion that are struggling. And so reliable transportation and cost of transportation becomes a barrier to, uh, to education. And, and Internet is a great uh, avenue to connect to courses online. So, so over the course of the last five years, um, we have increased the proportion of courses and programs and credentials that we're offering online. Um, and of course, with that, it's not just as simple as, as putting course material online. We have to prepare our instructors to teach it well mm-hmm. online. And so we've, we've uh, instituted a, a new program, uh, professional development program, specifically aimed at increasing the skill set of an engagement level of uh, instructors teaching online. Um, as well as some of the wraparound services, academic wraparound services for students that help them with tutoring and academic support and, and mm-hmm. other, other supports. Jeff, I, I'm, I'm curious. One of the things that, that I've done, and I've actually <laughs> looked at things in, in North, um, North Dakota and South Dakota, our two other North and South states, <laughs> and where there's better broadband access, we've still seen declining populations. And, um, and I, was, I was hoping that it would be simple. <laughs> Nothing in life is ever that simple. Uh, but I'm curious, given, let's just assume that that's the case, that you're facing multiple trends that are discouraging for people uh, moving to your area. Uh, what are you doing to try to overcome that? Well, we know that for our, particularly our young people who are leaving, uh, you know, there, there's a draw to the cities. They have more uh, nightlife. Uh, the breweries are, are becoming a really popular thing with, with millennials. Um, so while we have the Blue Ridge Parkway and the New River, uh, the Kerscott uh, Reservoir, the Big Lake, uh, and world class mountain bike trails. We've got we've got that part really in uh, really in spades. So we're 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 great on all the scenic beauty and the outdoor recreation. Um, but we know we still have work to do in our communities to create the kind of uh, entertainment venues and just the sort of uh, the 
nightlife, uh, those kinds of things that where young people want to be able to congregate and come together. Uh, so that, that part in all of our communities we're working on uh, to, to create that sense of place where people will want to come back and start their families and, uh, and hopefully live and, and, and stay until, until they retire. You know, I just wanted to throw in something. As a longtime reader of Outside Magazine, a lover of the outdoors, it's not just a matter of having something to do on the weekends or to get away, you know, and, and on a nice trip. It's healthy. It's just yes. it makes you live a life that is, is healthier and, and, and you feel better throughout it. So there's a lot to that. But I, I want to ask you a, a different question to, to wrap up. And that's, I, I strongly believe community colleges are really important, particularly now in a time when it seems like the winners are winning more than ever and the, and the losers who are left behind have less opportunity. What, what more do we need to do for community colleges to succeed? Like what other resources do you need in the current environment? It always is about resources. When you look at the number of people that, uh, that are served through our community colleges and then compare our budgets to our universities and even our K-12 partners, the, the amount of resources are, are lagging behind. We've got a, we're at a critical place with uh, faculty and staff salaries at the community college. It's our number one budget item among our presence association for our legislature in this coming uh, legislative session. I, t- I tell our legislators, if you know, who do you want to train the nurse that's going to be uh, at your bedside when you're having some kind of critical procedure? Do you want the very best and brightest person being that instructor? And if so, then we have to that we have to compete with the local hospitals to pay that person enough to come over and be an instructor at the community college. And right now, well, we're we're just struggling uh, to to be competitive with that area. So we have to we have to address that issue. But then community colleges also, uh, we have a, a historic record of being uh, nimble and being uh, agile, being able to change and meet the demand. And I think that's going to become, be more and more important as, uh, as the things continue to evolve and change. We have to be at the forefront and be ready to change and meet the needs of our business and industry uh, so that we can train you know, the employees that they need to continue to be successful. And I just want to put a, an exclamation point on that, I think, because people don't always realize that we have this. I mean, people realize that we've had this long period of economic expansion for a lot of us. Right. And that really puts salary pressures on schools um, to be able to keep um, people who may have opportunities to get a lot more money if they were to leave teaching. Yeah. And for a lot of our folks, we know we're never going to be uh, as competitive as uh, someone who could go out in the private sector. You think about an applied engineering instructor who could go out and and be at a high level position in a company or a skilled nurse with a master's degree what what they can make we're never going to completely match that there has to be a component for someone just that they just want to teach and they just want to be in that environment and, and shape shape the future in that way but we've got to be more competitive for sure well thank you so much and i and i wish you luck um i i think you're living in the future of north carolina and with good work and Hopefully five or ten years, all the rest of North Carolina will look like your region does, and they'll be able to learn from your experiences and how to take advantage of it. Thank you very much for having us, Christopher. Thanks for tuning in to this bonus episode in our YNC Broadband Matters podcast series, and for listening to the Community Broadband Bits podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. Remember to follow Christopher on Twitter. His handle is at CommunityNets. And if you follow NC Hearts Gigabit on Twitter, you'll tap into all the NC Broadband Matters material. Thanks to Shane Ivers of SilvermanSound.com for the series music, What's the Angle? License to Creative Commons. And thank you for listening. Until next time. <laughs>